Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Transition Bridge Podcast. I wanted to just tell each of you how grateful I am that you come in each week to just visit with me for another episode. You know, my whole intent in doing this podcast is to bring you stories of transition from people who have walked through the process, their struggles, how they've navigated, and how they've walked to the other side of that transition bridge to what they're doing now in this new season or direction in life. And my whole intent is to bring inspiration, to bring encouragement, maybe to restore some hope and confidence in you as well. So I have a favor to ask. As you listen to each of these episodes, I want you to think, is there someone that you know that may need this encouragement, that just needs to know there's someone else with a similar story, or they just maybe need a confidence boost? I would love for you to share the episode. Let's all be life givers to one another. And I just think that would be great. So thank you for sharing. And I also want to tell you how appreciative I am of the reviews and the ratings of the podcast. You know, it really does mean a lot to a podcast host that you take the time to do that. So I want to say thank you. And I'm going to start reading some of those reviews each week. So keep them coming. I would love to read your review. So here we are. You know, I always love to bring you a unique story, a story that's connected to a certain type of transition in life. I know you will enjoy hearing Steffi's transition story as she is the perfect example of someone who was operating in one wheelhouse of her life where she was extremely successful and felt very fulfilled. But then she experienced this pivotal moment. She made a decision and she moved into an entirely new and different direction for her life. Anybody out there? kind of relate to that right now. You're doing one thing and you feel like you're being called to do something that's completely different from what you're doing now. Well, you will love Steffi's story. Steffi Thompson is a neuroscientist, a native Houstonian, and a mom of two girls who are seven and eight. And now she is a shoe designer. Steffi was a full-time scientist in the Texas Medical Center who hobbled building to building for years in gorgeous, back-breaking heels. She found a way to make heels more wearable and healthier for women, and she began her company as a side hustle. So let's fast forward two years and getaway sticks, a vintage term for women's legs, is a thriving startup in Houston with customers all over the United States. Steffi, welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast. Hi, Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be able to speak with you today and to have an audience with your audience. I can't um I can't wait to get started. I know. I, I know from the moment I met you and I heard your story, Steffi and I met at a recent event. It was a Federation of Professional Houston Women. And we were both speakers at the event, and I heard Steffi's story, and I thought, oh my gosh, she must come on my podcast, because I just love the transition 
from completely two opposite wheelhouses to me. And so there's an obvious transition that took place. So it's a unique one. And so the fact that you were previously a neuroscientist and now you find yourself as an entrepreneur, you're creator and you're an owner of this thriving startup business. So can you, I just love the fact and excuse the pun, but you actually discovered the pain point for women. <laughs> and you, you wanted to make a difference. So like, tell us the story. Sure. Absolutely. I think, I think like most of us women out there, we have a lot of pain points that go kind of unrecognized. And in my case, I was a scientist in a, you know, science is unfortunately still a male dominated field. Um, I, my specialty was in functional MRI. So I wasn't behind a bench, like pipetting all day. I was meeting with patients. I was taking imaging of their brains. And therefore I had to look like a professional who knew what I was doing and had to wear heels and walk, you know, around this wonderful campus full of science, but many, you know, many steps. And there was a disconnect between my wardrobe and my concern for my wardrobe and looking <laughs> in a way that people would take me seriously and wearing a wardrobe that would get me from point A to B without having to think about or worry about it all the time. And I think because I come from a neuroscience or cognitive neuroscience background, I'm always thinking about what's going on in my brain. What am I, what am I perseverating on? What am I worried about? And one of the things that I keep, uh, you know, thinking about every day is what's on my feet. What are my clothing? Oh, my, my foot hurts. Can I get from here to the cafeteria and make it to my afternoon meetings, that kind of thing. Uh And it just really frustrated me that I spent all this time worrying about my shoes. And I thought there has to be a better solution. Um, If I want my feet to feel like I'm wearing sneakers, why don't I just build a heel out of sneaker foam and then make it pretty on top? And I sat on the idea for a long time and it kept ruminating and more ideas formed. And eventually I thought, you know, I'm going to be really disappointed in myself if I never try to make this a reality. And it also was kind of a mission-driven thing for me. I never imagined becoming a shoe designer. I simply took it upon myself to try this idea because there was no other better solution out there, right? Every The rest of the footwear industry kind of puts patches and Band-Aids on things, literally. Band-Aids for your heels, you know, little patches for the ball of your foot, all these little things that kind of make it a little bit better. But as a scientist, I'm trained to problem solve. And I thought, I don't want to just incrementally change this. I want to fundamentally change the way women walk in heels. And so I started engineering a brand new shoe from literally the ground up. And um, that's where I am right now. I love the fact that you solved the problem. You saw the problem, you solved it. And it's interesting how lots of times we get these fabulous ideas. Like you said, you, you sat on it for a while. And I think we all do that because we, I don't know what you were thinking, Stephanie. I know myself sometimes I I just wonder is, you know, is it worth the effort? Will it really make a difference? What were you, what was your pause for those couple of years in creating the shoe? Yeah. I mean, for me, the pause was just, it seemed like a very simple solution and I couldn't believe that it hadn't been done. And so I spent a couple of years 
kind of monthly shoe shopping and looking for what I was, I wanted to create on the shelves. And I remember distinctly walking into DSW, for example, and I just was like holding my breath, waiting to find my shoe on the shelves. And I never found it. And finally, I started cutting heels in half to see what was really in there. Oh. Yep. And I found, I took them to a bandsaw in my lab at Baylor College of Medicine and sliced them in half. And sure enough, even wedges are made out of solid plastic, metal screws, like solid metal shanks, um, steel stilettos. There's, there's, there's no band-aid that you can put on type of, top of those materials that will make these shoes comfortable. And so the idea of building a heel out of sneaker foam, it was very clear to me that this has just hadn't been done. And, you know, if I now everything that I've learned having built this heel, I now have a very good understanding of the fact that the interior of shoes has not changed in a hundred years. It has not changed in a hundred years. Now the, the outside changes every three months, we change the shape, we change the color, we change the height, the pattern, a million things change every three months, but the interior of the shoe is as it has been for a century, which I think is a little embarrassing. And it does a disservice to women who want nothing more (laughs) than to not have painful heels. And And there is no woman I've ever talked to, with the exception of many of my current customers, who say, hey, I found the perfect heel. And in fact, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. One of my favorite testimonials for my shoes is this colleague of mine who wrote to me and she said, Steffi, you know what? I I opened your shoes. I walked around in them. And I can't tell you how disappointed I am to know that it was always possible to make heels comfortable and no one really tried. That is the best testimonial. And gosh, what a spoken truth. When I heard you say that uh, it's been a hundred years since the inside of a woman's shoe has changed and we only change the outside, not the inside. No one has really been going to the creative block to even think about how to make these more comfortable. Oh, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. Well, I think it's a lot more complicated than that. I I, I don't think I don't think footwear comp- companies are malicious. I just think they are rewarded for turning over shoes and sales very quickly. That's the name of the money game. Um, so, it, you know. Well, as women, too, we tend to have a lot of different shoes. So if this one particular shoe is beautiful and not comfortable, that's OK, because I could wear something different the next day. Right. And, I, and I know a lot of, uh, I have friends who, they have such severe back trouble now mm-hmm. be- because of those high heels that they wore all, oh, she has like the most beautiful shoes. But unfortunately, she's paying the price now with her legs and her back. And mm-hmm. we we just don't see that when we're younger. So I'm excited about this shoe. So I've gone on your Instagram account and I've seen uh, a lot of the different Uh, colors, because it's basically the same style, but with different patterns. Tell us more about your shoe. Yes. Well, so right now, I think because we are a startup and it takes quite a while to develop shoes, we have our our single signature design, which is a two-inch wedge 
The wedge is made entirely out of sneaker foam, but it's wrapped in suede. So it looks like a formal heel or a formal wedge, but in fact, the entire heel is all foam. And, and that is done intentionally and was the really the heart of this shoe development is I don't want to build a wedge out of plastic and metal and then just put a tiny layer of memory foam on top. I want all of the shock absorption to go through the wedge and have that absorbed by the shoe instead of by my ankle and my knee and my hip and my lower back. And that's what really built our inaugural shoe, which is what we have now. Um, the shoe also has an ankle strap that was intentional to keep the shoe on your foot so that you can walk more freely without thinking about and having to stress your foot muscles to kind of keep the shoe on your foot. Mm-hmm. You kind of think about it like a little lace, like it's just laced on your foot. So you just walk and do your own thing. You can even run in these shoes. They're very easy to wear. Oh my gosh. So this sounds like a shoe you would want to wear all day. It is. And my last little bonus gift in the shoe is that I kind of, I intentionally made the wedge out of foam. Uh, We added the ankle strap, but I recognized very quickly that sometimes ankle straps can be hard to put on. Uh, A lot of women, you know, maybe not have the flexibility to kind of reach down and over and bend to, to get it on. And so I attached the ankle strap together with a buckle and a hook so that you can change the length of the ankle strap with the buckle. But once you've set it, you just slide it into a hook and you're all done. So when you take the shoe on and off, it takes one second to pull it on and off versus having to undo a tiny buckle every time you use the shoe. So it really is designed. It's like a Frankenstein shoe. It's designed for women who are who are busy and need to look professional, but do not want to sit and make choices all day about footwear or make choices about which activities they get to do because of the footwear on their feet. You should be able to slide our shoe on and just forget you're wearing it until you come home. And many of my customers are now freed to do that. And it's a game changer. What are some of your favorite um, I guess patterns or what, what are some of your, like, guess what would be your top five shoes that the women seem to gravitate towards? So right now our collection is very, uh, it's almost like a capsule collection where once you find your size, you can get it in a beige, a black. We have a, a metallic color for formal, you know, get togethers, weddings, et cetera. Oh. Um, and, And then we have a pop of color, a bright red and a zebra. So that's our capsule collection right now. And we plan to keep this always available. Might not always be in stock. In fact, right now, a lot of it is out of stock. We're working on that. But as we go forward, one of the sneak peek to our future designs is in terms of styles, we're planning to bring in a ballet flat this year. We're planning to bring in a short boot this year, Mm -hmm. all of all of our shoes will have our signature Rome foam foundation. So they'll all be made out of foam and they will all be supported. And then as we go forward, we're also going to do some experimenting with patterns. So we will likely keep some very classic styles like the wedge, like the flat, um, the boot. We'll bring in a sandal soon. But we're going to start playing with some really neat animal prints that are like unlike any print you've ever seen. So normally, we see cheetah and snake and, you know, zebra like we have, 
but we're going to play with some different patterns like the wing of a macaw or oh. a butterfly wing or uh, a toucan's beak. And we're going to take these really beautiful color rich prints and print kind of like a macro print on the shoe. So it'll be these beautiful nature inspired designs that are that are a little bit more creative than the classic kind of cheetah that we often see on shoes, which is beautiful. But I, I think there's a lot more to nature that we can that we can appreciate on our, our footwear. I love how you shared that. You're tr- you're so right. There's so much in nature. Oh gosh, the color. Oh, you're, I'm just getting so excited listening to you. So <laughs> I know if any women are listening right now, they just want to know right this second, how do they get this shoe? What is? Uh, do you have a, a storefront? Is it strictly online? How, so how do women connect to get these shoes from you? I would recommend going online. So we have a website. It's at getawaysticks.com. As I meant, getaway sticks is an old term for women's legs. So it's um, just getawaysticks.com. And we have on our uh, homepage, we have a store locator. And you can look at the colors that we have available and the stores where we're located. We have a handful of stores in Houston, a handful of stores on the East Coast. So we're we're just starting to branch out in the wholesale market, but you can order anything online and we ship within a day. So as soon as, as long as we have it in stock, you can, you can get shoes pretty quickly. So I will have all of Steffi's contact information in the show notes. So make sure you just scroll to the bottom of the episode and get all of that. So you can go online or if you're in Houston, go to her store or anywhere on the East coast where she's located. This is exciting. So I have a question for you. I'm going to read this quote. A lot of people resist transition and therefore never allow themselves to enjoy who they are. Embrace the change no matter when it is. Once you do, you can learn about the new world you're in and take advantage of it. Now, I see you as the person who has not resisted uh, the transition, but you really did something different. You embrace the change, you learn something new, and now you're doing something in this in, in in the world that you have not done before. So transitions are all about discovery. So what did you discover about yourself when you made this transition with neuroscience and shoes? I, yeah, Debbie, I think that's a really important topic. I think... We could do a whole podcast on this all by itself. Um, I agree. One of the things that held me back before I began this was my unfounded belief that I am not a shoe expert and that I don't know anything about the industry. Who am I to think that I can go shake up an industry that I'm not really part of? And that was complete folly. Um, You know, as a, as a professional, as in anyone, as a person who has lived life, we have experiences that are valuable. As a professional scientist, I have skills in managing students, in managing other colleagues, in um, creating projects and timelines and, you know, thinking ahead and making tough decisions, looking at data, analyzing. None of that has to do with footwear, but it is a very important skill. And the thing that held me back was, well, I don't have direct applicability of that skill to designing a shoe. So what am I doing? 
Well, in fact, I think that's now in hindsight kind of bogus. And I think I was able to use my skills in communicating with my shoe designer to say, hey, this is what my vision is. Can you help me make it real? No, this isn't quite my vision. Let's edit this. Let's tweak this. Um, Pushing the envelope. This isn't quite good enough. This isn't what I had in mind. I'd like to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Pushing against my manufacturer. Oh, Steffi, no, we can't do that. Well, I think respectfully we can. And if we can't get past this hurdle, then this whole project, for example, isn't going to work. So let's work together to come to a middle ground and, and, and move this forward together. You know, and it's a balance between understanding that, hey, I'm talking to experts in the field of footwear who do know what they're doing, but I'm also a person that brings valuable experience to the table. Well, and good. I knew intuitively that I've worn plenty of athletic shoes that have very stiff foam, that have very flexible foam, that are made with foam and plastic and rubber and fabric and nylon material. Like you can combine materials in a in a myriad of ways. And just because the footwear industry had never done that in the in the concept of women's heels didn't mean it wasn't possible. Was it easy? No. Do footwear manufacturers want an easy project to put together and sell? 100%. Was my project easy? No. But I brought a valuable idea set to the table and a belief that it could be done. I was willing to work with the parties to understand where they were coming from, to manage my expectations and theirs. And ultimately, we created a product that is really novel and innovative. And, you know, so yes, I had to listen to the experts and recognize that maybe I wasn't the best in the room, but I also had to believe myself and push my vision forward as well. And I think anyone can do that with any skill set. You don't have to be an expert. And in fact, in my last two and a half years of being in the innovation space, I think a lot of the best innovations come from outside a field where you don't know inherently what the boundaries are. And so you're just ready to go push through. And when people say, oh, no, 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 oh, Steffi, no, we don't make heels out of foam. That's silly. I can say, well, why not? And they say, well, because like, then they'll fall down. What do you mean they'll fall down? Well, like if we make it out of foam, then women will just collapse into the ground. Oh, You know, and I would say, like, but we don't have to make it out of like tissue paper. We can make it out of foam that actually supports our weight. Oh, but then if we do that, then this will happen. Well, then we do this. Oh, but if we do that, then this will happen. Well, what about this? Right. And eventually you start to get people to say like, oh, I guess we can do that. And yes. Well, you know, the secret to me of what you did, and I always talk to people about this. In fact, I did a, a, a episode about it is curiosity. You know, when you f- ask that first question, well, why not? Because if we continue to ask why, how, our curiosity will allow something to be created because we're going to pass the boundaries that say no. We're going to stretch those boundaries and just discover what can be done. So, I totally have heard I heard the curiosity in in just your whole approach in addressing the experts in the room. So I applaud you for that. And it does take curiosity to get to the other side. 
And what I love and what you shared, and this is for you know anyone who's listening, when we are in times of transition, when you find yourself thinking about a project or you have this idea or something that just keeps passing by and you can't seem to push it away, this may be something that you are to step into the arena and do. And it may be totally contrary to what you're doing now, just like Steffi. But what you need to do, and it's exactly what Steffi did, is she looked at her current skill set. She looked at her uh, current capabilities of what she is doing in her career. And she could see how she could transfer that into this new project, this new season, this um, project she's never even done before in her life, but she knew her core values and she knew her capabilities and how she could bring that skill set to this new space. So I want you to really ruminate about that and how you can look at your own skill sets and move forward. Like, don't doubt. This is a great opportunity to discover another part of yourself that we don't know is there until we embrace a challenge and then let the thinking begin and let the creativity flow. And it's amazing what what is birthed out of someone taking the time to say, why not? Let's try this. So Stephanie, is there anything else you'd love to share about your shoes? Because I want to ask you a question um, about neuroscience before we leave today. No, shoot, Debbie, I'd like to, I'd love to chat about neuroscience. Okay, great. Well, one of the things that I heard Steffi talk about um, was fear versus hope. I believe it was in our brain. Um, and all of us in times of transition, we're going to experience a measure of fear based on the difficulty of the transition that's in front of us. And sometimes it could be so challenging or overwhelming, especially if it's a transition of loss of any kind, that our we could lose hope. And really without hope, we're not going to have the confidence to move forward. And fear is a, you know, it just steals our hope. So Stephanie, would you just share with us this knowledge that you have in this arena? Because I know we can all really glean from you today. Sure. Well, I, I think that what you're referring to is um, it, it's a relationship between these two circuits that we have in the brain. And the first circuit is a fear circuit. And this is a protective evolutionary circuit that we all have when the brain experiences something fearful, for example, a visual image of a tiger and we're afraid, the fear circuit kicks in and it moves everything in our bodies into a sort of survival mode. And that includes focus on right now, um, fear, um, what's happening in this moment, how do I save myself? We can extrapolate this to challenging times in which we're afraid of getting from today to tomorrow. What am I going to do today? How am I going to do this tomorrow? And it really, it takes up all the space in our brain, if you can think about it that way. There is a there is another circuit called the hope circuit, colloquially, that involves our frontal lobe and parts of our parietal cortex. And that is all about planning and excitement and hope for the future and what could be 
rather than what is now and what are the problems. The hope circuit is all about potential and future excitement. And those circuits cannot operate at the same time. If your brain is in fear mode, you are activating parts of what we call your subcortical structures like the amygdala that are that are focusing your your brain on what is happening right now what am i afraid of how do i get through how do i just make it and that shuts down the the sort of quote unquote hope circuit if you can get out of this state of fear and say like you know what i'm going to move day to day and you can walk yourself out of this fear mode you can then begin to engage the hope circuit which is you know what, maybe I don't feel comfortable today, but I'm going to feel better tomorrow. And what I'm going to plan for is a trip in one month as a reward for this thing that I'm going to get through. And it begins to focus your brain on not right this second and more into all of these global hopes. And that can be directly translated, especially to women who are going through career transitions in which you say, I'm nervous about What are my colleagues going to think if I quit? How am I going to make money if I do this side hustle? How am I going to afford this? What's my family going to think? Blah, blah. That's all fear-based. The hope circuit is, gosh, but if I can make this work, look what I could do. And if I could build this into this much revenue per year, look what I could do for my family. And if I could give this company to my children, I could give them not only a career, but a financial stream for the rest of their life like you you're working on these bigger problems and the excitement around it instead of focusing on the more immediate and perhaps perhaps scary things and that's the balance so it's you know i think in this case it's about thinking about balance and you know unfortunately we talk a lot about work-life balance and blah blah and sometimes there isn't and there is no way to shut down the fear circuit entirely but what you can do is use your newfound knowledge about the hope circuit and use some techniques to help to engage that circuit more often. And I'm happy to talk about some of those techniques that I use as well. You were reading my mind because I was thinking, you know, how do what do we say or do that feeds that fear circuit? And, you know, how, how can we starve it? How can we starve that fear circuit and, and and nourish the hope circuit. So yeah, if you want to share some of the techniques, that would be fabulous. Sure. So one thing that is really important for the hope circuit is combining both the excitement in the immediate, right? So I know that sounds a little crazy because the fear circuit is all about fear in the now and the hope circuit is all about excitement for later. So one thing you can do is try to combine those two and say, I want to find something exciting now. And one way to do that is what I call a tiny, beautiful things, which is every day I try to find one tiny thing in my day that is beautiful, that I can reflect on as wonderful. Um, We're in Texas during blue bonnet season. I love looking at the blue bonnets and just thinking about how amazing they are. You know, the other morning I was putting my collagen powder into my coffee and I put it on top of my coffee and it made a little mountain and then the mountain like sank into the coffee, like it disintegrated. And I just, that was beautiful to me in the moment. It was really cool that how that worked. Um, my, you know, my daughter has, um, got her hair, her ponytail in a tangle and I was helping her to unravel it. And the 
shape of the ponytail and this tangle of red curly hair looked like a little heart. And I thought, well, oh, that's cute. Like it was just, it's these things, these moments that you find where you're in chaos, but you can see the beauty in it. And those, yeah. the more you can do that, the more you can wire up the hope circuit to see the beautiful, to see the excitement, to see the future hope instead of focusing on the negative. And then the second thing I'll recommend, which is a little bit hokey, but I recommend it to all my students and anyone who asks really, is a website called explore.org, which has, I mean, hundreds, thousands of nature cameras that are posted all over the world. And you can you can tune in and watch dolphins under the ocean. You can watch pandas in China. You can watch an eagle's nest wherever eagles are like you can just watch nature and it is so much more therapeutic than scrolling your phone it's not nearly as like dopamine activating as these really highly stimulating activities that we do like social media gambling that kind of stuff but it's so important for your brain to see these natural patterns and it forces you to think about where your place is in the world and where your place can be in the future as you activate your hope circuit. And it's one of my favorite ways to get myself out of my head and to watch these like baby otters or buffalo migrating and just think like, you know what? We can do this. That I love that explore.org. And there is something so therapeutic about nature like you shared. It, it, I think it brings a peace and a calm and a wonder, the wonder of it all. It does. It does. And that's, I think the theme here is if you want to be more positive, practice, you have to practice. You have to wire that circuit up. You know, if you want to learn Spanish, you have to wire that circuit up. You have to train it. And that, that goes for anything. If you want to or, or, uh, like exercise more, you have to exercise more and then train your brain to enjoy it. And you can train your brain to do literally anything. But it takes time. And over time, the good news is that as you wire it up, it becomes easier and easier. And suddenly you'll reflect back on yourself and think, who was that person? (laughs) (laughs) Or why did I think this was so difficult? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Why did I wait so long? Oh, gosh, I'm going to have to have you come back, Steffi, and, you know, have a whole podcast on this because I think this is fascinating as well. I'm just, we're all learning so much from you today. I've so appreciated you being here. And I have this quote from Michelangelo uh, that says, the problem human beings face is not that we aim too high and fail, but that we aim too low and succeed. Hmm. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Oh, I think that's wonderful. I, I wish... I wish that more people had an opportunity to fail and to understand that that's part of it. And I think, unfortunately, that is that is built into the process of boys and men growing up is that they're supposed to try and fail and keep going and be fearless. And I think, unfortunately, that's not typically the process or the message that young women get. And I wish that that was not the case because you've got to aim high. You've got to try. And failing is not a failure. It is just, hey, this one thing didn't work. So I'm going to move on and do something else. And that's okay. 
And in fact, there's a whole philosophy in entrepreneurship about failing quickly because you want to try an idea, spend money, see if it works. If it works, great. And if it doesn't, then then cut and run and move on. And that doesn't necessarily mean a whole company, but even a strategy or a particular investment or a social media platform or a campaign. You know, if it's not working, cut and move on. And I think I think that's a very valuable learning tool um, is trying and failing and learning from that mistake and, and keeping on. And it, it's actually another muscle within us that we are strengthening because we learn from the challenge. And to me, like fail is finding answers in learning. We learn as we fail. So I'm, I'm grateful that you shared that. So in closing, I want you to think about anyone who is listening right now and is contemplating uh, a transition similar to yours where it's totally out of their wheelhouse. How would you encourage them in this moment? I think the first thing that I would recommend is reaching out to your network to talk about your ideas, whether that be with other women or men, and start making a plan about how you might do this. All the positives that would come from the idea, all the things you would be excited about, including, hey, my lifestyle would change and I would get to do these things, X, Y, Z. Um, hey, if I ended up building this software platform, then I would get to manage a team of 20 people. And I've always wanted to do that. All the positive things. And don't write a list of the negative things. You can write a list of the negative things later. Use your positive list to talk to other people about this idea and how excited you are about it. I guarantee you will get negative list items from some people you talk to. So you don't need to worry about that. But focus on what your life would be like if you made this leap. And sometimes it makes sense to just cut and run. Sometimes it makes sense to do something as a side hustle. But just know that you can build a network to support any venture that you have in your in your headspace. I had an extensive network of neuroscientists, none of which I could rely on to <laughs> help me build a shoe but many of which I relied on to give me solid advice on like, hey, Steffi, like, I don't know how to help you do this, but this does seem like something that is really cool. And if you could do it, great. And I've now built an entirely new network of people in the footwear industry, and I'm still building it to give me different kinds of feedback. But it's really, it's, it's about who you know and the support system that you have. And although you can do it without, awesome. it is much better it is much more productive and rewarding, I think, to do it within a network, no matter what experience set that network is. And I think we all have, to some extent, some person or set of people in our lives who pick us up when we have problems with our families or marriage or our friendships or our work. And it's the same thing. You just got to find your people who you can call up and be really candid with and say, hey, you know, if I called up my friend Lisa and said, hey, Lisa, I'm thinking about making a shoe with a big smiley face on it. She'd be like, do you though? <laughs> I feel like that's the right choice. And I would say, yeah, you're right. Maybe that's not that's not the best plan. Um, or on the other hand, I could come up with a great idea. Who knows? Anyway, it's about network. So I encourage you to make all a list of all the great things that could come out of your idea 
and then talk to people about how you feel about it, how they feel about it, and make a plan to go forward. And the plan doesn't have to be in the next week. It can be in the next few years. But you can make a plan. You can do it. And I, I agree with everything that you said. And in particular, regarding the people, we will never meet the people who are intended to help us unless we step forward and start something new. Because we don't meet that new network unless we step into a new space. So I'm really glad that you shared that. And I really appreciate you being here today with us, Steffi. I've learned so much. I've just enjoyed our time together. I will be checking out your shoes. I did see the zebra ones on you that day. <laughs> They're beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And I just appreciate your courage and your faith and your tenacity to step out and create these shoes and taking your skills and your talents into this new space. And I know you're enjoying this new season of your life. And I'll end with this one quote. Sometimes the things that we are most afraid of doing is the very thing that will set you free. So listen to everything that Steffi just shared. The thing that you're afraid of doing might, right now may be the very thing that's going to set you free financially, with your time, with your family. You just never know what's on the other side. So plan it out. Take the leap and be encouraged. There is a transition tribe that is here to encourage you and to inspire you. And as your transition life coach, you know I am always here to hear your story. Reach out and connect, and let's get you to the other side of that transition bridge. Thank you for coming each week as we embrace, grow, and be transformed by the purpose and power of our transitions. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A.com.